Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in-depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is our first minion, the Scarlet Woman from the Trouble Brewing Edition, whose ability reads, If there are five or more players alive and the demon dies, you become the demon. Travelers do not count. So, today's character, as discussed, is the Scarlet Woman. And with me today is a very special guest. This is going to be my first time recording with someone who is not actually in my normal group that I play Clock Tower with. Uh, because with me today is John... John. Whose last name I don't know. Is It's John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because uh, I always get people asking me, how do you pronounce your surname? And it's basically not possible to pronounce in English. Um, <laughs> but if someone wants to know, it's Jenkset is the closest you'll get. All right. But John John will do. All right. <laughs> uh, so thanks for joining me today, John. I'm going to do my best to describe who you are in relation to Blood on the Clock Tower. You can correct me if I get something wrong. <laughs> Sounds good. So if I understand correctly, you are, well, I know you're an official storyteller, uh, meaning that you're kind of like sanctioned by the Pandemonium Institute to play the game and like play test it and share it with more people at conventions and that kind of thing. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's right. So the official storyteller role is a it's a relatively new role, but the basic idea is that we are the people who will be running games at conventions, playtesting new characters for the game, and in general just being sort of the the public facing representatives of the game in the board game community. All right. And that means that you have a lot of experience with the game and you've been in contact with the people from the Pandemonium Institute. And you in particular are very involved with the rules of the game. I know in like the unofficial Discord, we often refer, refer rules questions to you because you can give us a much more official answer than any of us can come up with on our own. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've basically ended up with this uh, this role that's sort of like a rules inquisitor. Like whenever rules questions come in, I'm sort of the filter before Stephen, the the main game designer. Um, and I, I mean, I've been playtesting the game now for over a year uh, and have my own copy of the game that I've been running in various uh, places, both in Boston and at multiple conventions. So I'm really interested to hear everything you have to say. You've added a ton to the show notes, especially at the end. Um, <laughs> Well, I couldn't resist. I, I think I think the Scarlet Woman is an interesting character, and minions in general have there's so much strategy to them that's interesting to get into. Um, so let's start as we always do with the first section, which is what do you do when you're playing as the Scarlet Woman? And I should mention that we're gonna change up the sections a little bit uh, for this minion-based episode because. Well, normally section two would be like, how do you bluff as that character? And there are far fewer times when you would want to bluff as an evil character, no matter who you are. So at least that's that's certainly true in the base editions of the game. All sorts of things no, are no longer true once you play with particularly advanced characters. Uh, but certainly in the base editions of the game, it's very rare that you want to say that you're evil. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I certainly can't think of a time in Trouble Brewing where it would be particularly useful. 
uh, considering well, that. So it's interesting you say that, but but you could imagine if you get towards the end of the game as the demon, you could come out and say that you're the Scarlet Woman just to okay, really yeah. throw throw the good team for a loop, right? That's that's true. Uh, I've actually seen that done before. I've also seen <laughs> uh, evil players bluff as themselves in a game, like as the actual character they are. So I guess it's not really bluffing, but more just like coming out as the character they are. Um, oh, yeah. And I've seen that work for them in a game with new players who just got very confused and ended up like executing them instead of the demon. So <laughs> it's definitely a thing that you can do. Yeah, I mean, it, it is really interesting to observe that I think it takes people a while to realize that in this game, killing minions won't win you the game. It yeah. certainly helps. Like, it's better to kill a minion than a good player. But ultimately, you win if you kill the demon. The minions aren't that important. Uh, and the fortune teller, not fortune teller, geez, <laughs> the Scarlet Woman. The Scarlet Woman specifically, though, is perhaps a more important minion to kill than others, since the Scarlet Woman so often becomes the demon. Oh, yeah, very much so. The Scarlet Woman is one of the, the few minions in the game that really wants to survive, as opposed to the other minions that they don't really want to die, but they they should be willing to sacrifice for the demon. So let's just get right into it. Overall, when you're playing as the Scarlet Woman, what is like the first thing you think of when you're going into a game of trouble brewing? Um, like, are there particular characters you're trying to figure out if they're in the game? Are there certain strategies? What are you trying to communicate to the demon? Stuff like that. I think if I'm the Scarlet Woman, I really want people to th check me for being the demon. Because that way, if I become the demon later, at least they'll be going, even if we know that you're evil, we know you're not the demon. But if you're the Scarlet Woman, you might then become the demon. Yes. So you want characters like the fortune teller, uh, the slayer. Uh, those are sort of the first that come to mind. If, if you get those people to pick you and they get a negative reading on you as the demon, that helps you a lot in late game. There are a lot of ways you can manipulate those characters. And I've seen many times where the uh, Scarlet Woman has kind of easily won the game because it's like well no matter what you are we know you're not the demon uh i think that the more advanced players are the more they're going to watch out for something like that mm. for sure but especially if you're playing with newer players or people who haven't considered the minions too much it's it's a good strategy yeah i think the scarlet woman is also interesting because it's a minion that can play pretty aggressively normally if you're a minion you don't really want to vote for your own demon for example but as a scarlet woman mm -hmm. you can play pretty aggressively on the side of good because helping them kill the demon if you make it really clear who the demon is and show that you're willing to kill them that might gain you a bunch of trust later but then you actually spin around and become become the demon right yeah uh, I think it's also there's an element of if you're making sort of like wild claims and like you're you're like claiming an information role or something, you can make riskier claims because you're kind of a you're a backup for the demon. Right. So it, it allows both you and the demon to make maybe per, uh, a bit more bold plays with higher payoffs, if more risk. Yeah, no, it's true. And in fact, you can go beyond that. Um, normally, if you're evil and bluffing as a good character, especially an information character, you don't want to give very good information because it'll help the mm -hmm. good team. If you're the Scarlet Woman, you can give true information while bluffing as a good player because it's fine for you if the demon dies. And so yeah. you can claim like Washerwoman and then say, look, I know that this person is lying about their bluff. This must be the <laughs> demon. Let's kill them. And now you seem so good as the Washerwoman. 
Yeah, or like especially if you can directly point out the demon like that, and it, and it can be confirmed somehow. Mm. Um, a, a classic example I've seen is that uh, Scarlet Woman sitting next to the demon claims empath. Yep, and then is just like, let's execute my neighbors. One of them's evil, uh, and then something like the Undertaker is able to confirm that you have executed the demon. Yeah, and so everyone then knows, like, oh, okay, there's there's got to be a Scarlet Woman in the game, but they aren't necessarily going to think it's you, and they probably won't since you directly pointed out the demon to them. Mm. I do think one thing that's important with the Scarlet Woman, even more so than with the minions, is that because they're going to play a little bit more aggressively and essentially pretend even more to be good, they really want to coordinate early with the demon. Um, in part, like as a Scarlet Woman, you really need a good bluff because otherwise there's no way you're surviving until the late game, which is basically your your uh, reason for living. And so you want to like seek out the demon, at least learn a bluff, maybe even coordinate what you're going to call them out on. Uh, anything mm-hmm. you can do to make the, the demon seem like the real demon and you as not the demon. Yeah, I think it comes down to you kind of have to think like you're the demon Hmm. because of all the minions, you're the most likely to actually become the demon. So you kind of have to play that way from the start. Yeah, exactly. You can also create very interesting dynamics with the demon, like try to make it seem like you're definitely not on their side. So, for instance, if the demon claims something and you haven't had a chance to really communicate with them, if you then counterclaim and claim the same role as them, it's going to make it seem like one of you is trustworthy a lot of the time. And that'll make it that once... Well, there's always the risk that uh, the other players will decide, well, we don't know which of you to trust, so let's kill both of you. Mm. <laughs> That's always yeah. a risk there. I mean, it is a risky play. Uh, th- what you're gambling on there is that they won't have time to execute both of you because they will assume that one of you is a minion and the other is a good player. Now, this won't mm-hmm. always be true, but but in general, you if you can if you can double claim like a little bit later in the game they might only have enough days to execute one of you right and then hopefully that'll work out so that for instance if that happened at like five players left and they execute one of you still there's a demon alive and then you're down to three players and they'll probably assume that the other one is a minion at worst exactly so. because the demon would never claim the character that someone else has because they know bluffs it's like the and then the meta game the meta game thinking it, it sort of becomes well, yeah, but at the same time, the demon would do that to make them seem like a minion. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, this is something more for the section two of like fighting a Scarlet Woman. But I'm always uh, when I hear someone double claim late in the game, I'm always much more suspicious that they are the demon than if they double double claim early in the game. Yeah, it's true. Uh, because like you're saying late in the game, it can make it so that there's not enough time to resolve it correctly. It's true. I mean, this is something you can do as um, it, we talked about coordination between the scarlet woman and the demon one thing the demon could do is counterclaim with uh any townsfolk that comes out like a fortune teller or an empath or something right so mm-hmm. they counterclaim with an existing role even though they know bluffs because they know that it's fine for them to be killed because the scarlet woman will take over and now they've sort of sowed a lot of doubt about a powerful character yeah absolutely there's so many different opportunities, really, for um, just creating misinformation in ways that other minions can't do mm. as easily, at least. It's true. One of my favorite things I've I've done was I was talking to my uh, one of the friends in my playgroup, and he brought up this thing to me where he was like, I want to try being the Scarlet Woman and bluffing as the saint, like with the demon. So the demon and I both bluff as saint so that neither no matter what, they're only going to execute one of us, most likely. And... 
be too afraid to execute the other when the game doesn't end. Yeah, uh, and I've tried that before, and it it almost worked out. But I just it, it was a it wasn't actually a trouble brewing game. It was a custom script, and uh, some of the other characters were able to resolve that neither of us were the actual saint. Yeah, the the other so it's a cool play. One thing you run into there is the outsider count will often give you away uh, because mm-hmm. in trouble brewing, the outsiders are fairly obvious. And so two people claiming saint, one of them is lying, but one of them is the saint, then now you have a plus one outsider count. Yeah. So if they if they decide that they're they find a butler and they also find a drunk, then neither of you can be the saint or something, right? You can always bluff that there's a baron and you can try to sell that if if there's some confusion about who could be drunk. But that's it's definitely situational. Yeah, but it, it's a cool play. I, I think I like this about the Scarlet Woman that there are a lot of interesting ways you can play that character. Like you don't have to coordinate with your demon. You can just sort of <laughs> just throw them under the bus without talking to them in advance. Or <laughs> if if the demon is doing well, you can just sort of lean back and play like a normal minion and just sow misinformation. That's fine yeah. <laughs> too. You don't you don't have to become the demon. Yeah, if you, like there are so many games when the demon is just playing well and like staying without suspicion until the end of the game. And it's totally fine to just play like a normal minion and, you know, get yourself executed or or just try to stay alive and have a have your powerful voting and nominating ability at the end. I mean, I think the 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 calculus you're making as a Scarlet Woman is, will I survive until the end of the game? And is it more useful for me to back up whatever bluff the demon is pulling mm-hmm. than me surviving? Right. Yeah. It, you're sort of trading those two off against each other. An interesting aspect of the Scarlet playing as the Scarlet Woman is that if the demon kills themselves, you will always become the demon first, unless you're poisoned. Because typically the imp can just kill themselves and pass off to any minion. Uh, but Scarlet Woman's ability is much more specific than the imps, and so it takes precedence. So if the imp kills themselves, you're going to be the first choice, which can limit the storyteller's ability to help you at times. Um, Often, say the evil team's losing, or at least subjectively from the storyteller's perspective, they think the evil team's not doing so well. The demon has a lot of suspicion on them, so they kill themselves. If you also have a lot of suspicion on you at that point, that could be a bad thing for your team because it's forced to pass to you rather than another minion that might be in the game. Yeah, it's a tricky situation because there isn't really anything the storyteller can do about this. Uh, Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, if you have a poisoner in the game, the poisoner can poison the Scarlet Woman and that way you can get it to transfer to someone else. Uh, The alternative is that the Scarlet Woman just outright executes the imp, like gets them to die during the day, becomes the imp and then self-kills at night. I, I have seen games where the demon jumped between all the minions. I had a game actually this Friday where we had three minions and a demon and every minion became the demon. Nice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was quite the game. Uh, I think one thing that's challenging as a Scarlet Woman as well is um, you really want to have executions happen quickly, right? Because you want to, you basically want to kill off players. Evil always does that, but you want to get it down to the point where killing the demon is useful because you will still become the demon, Mm -hmm. right? And so you sort of need to have an excuse for killing people aggressively to get down to those last five where you can really shine when taking over as the demon. I was actually considering this when I was thinking of some like interesting characters to bluff as if you're playing the Scarlet Woman. 
Mm. Um, obviously it depends on, you know, what bluffs your demon is given and those are always going to be safer. But if you think that's, there's, you know, certain characters that aren't in the game, you can try to bluff to support the things you're saying. So along those lines, I was thinking the undertaker would be a really interesting bluff because that gives you an excuse to execute people often. Uh, if people know that you're the undertaker, they're going to want your information. Yeah, that's true. And the other advantage with the undertaker is it's a character that the good team will want to keep alive. So you might be able to have a private conversation with a couple of players and then tell them that you're the Undertaker so that it's not... If you just come out as the Undertaker, people are going to be wondering why you don't get killed, right? But if you do it in private, you'll have a couple of good players vouching for you. And that might actually help you a lot going forward because people will basically argue for you not being executed. Yeah, I think that in general... um... Anytime you're you, either you are like a powerful information role or you're bluffing as one, it's a good idea to try to establish some trust early by talking to a few specific players. Although the Scarlet Woman has to be careful here because if you choose a bluff that's sort of um, disposable, like you choose the Virgin and someone nominates you pretty early in the game and the nominator doesn't die, you're just going to get executed. You're not going to mm-hmm. be in the final five or anywhere near it. Similarly, if you claim a character that is probably going to stick around until the last day, like if you claim Mare, for example, you can sort of go that route of just being, I'm just going to claim a passive character that it makes sense that they're alive. But the problem is if you get called on for why shouldn't we execute you, you don't really have a good defense. Mm -hmm. Speaking of executions, I feel like that's kind of a hidden power that the um, Scarlet Woman has. Typically when you're evil executions are just always dangerous because most of the time the evil team is one execution away from losing. But when you're the Scarlet Woman, you can much more heavily push for executions. You can allow more executions to happen. And almost no matter what happens, it's going to help you by killing off players. Of course, if the demon does get executed too early, that can be a bad thing for you, but it just gives you a lot more leeway that you don't necessarily have with other characters. Oh yeah, I think that's true. I think as a Scarlet Woman, you actually want to be fairly aggressive about kelly- killing people off. It's it's almost like having another killing role in the game for the evil team. It's just kind of a more... Um, it's not a straightforward path to get to those kills because you have to get the whole town to do them. <laughs> it's true. I, I do think that one advantage Scarlet Woman has as well, which... I think is maybe underappreciated is it gives the evil team a little bit of peace of mind. Like it almost makes their bluffs more believable. It makes their, their play style more relaxed rather than seeming tense as evil players Um, Mm -hmm. because they know that even if the demon dies, it's fine. So they can play like the demon rather than having to insist that they shouldn't get executed when giving a defense they can actually be a little bit like, you can kill me if you want. Like, I might not be useful right now, mm-hmm. but it also, I think there are other better kills, right? They don't have to be quite as desperate, but that requires the Scarlet Woman to tell the demon that they are in play. Yeah. Um, my, it was, this reminds me of um, when I first started playing the game, my friend Roger, who's been on a couple episodes of this podcast, had, he was, it was always funny to watch him play because. I caught on pretty quickly that whenever he was a good player and he was in line to be executed, he would basically like act like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine if you kill me. Like, it'll just make me more trustworthy. I, I Like, I'm fine with this. Just just listen to me in the future if you do kill me was his sort of going way of um, talking to people. 
Mm. when he was about to be executed but as soon as he was the demon all of a sudden he like really didn't want to be executed so it became very <laughs> easy for me for a while to figure out when he was the demon just by nominating him uh so i pretty much just nominated him every game for a while until eventually i was like hey you, do you know you do this and then now he's kind of modified how he's played and it's much harder to figure it out yeah that's funny but it really does kind of make you more trustworthy if you just allow yourself to be executed, I think in general. Right. And the, and the, the Scarlet Woman enables the evil team to do that. Yeah. I, I do think one thing that uh, bothers me a little, it's, it's sort of separate from the Scarlet Woman, but that is just because you're nominated to get, to get executed does not mean you should spill all the beans. Yeah. <laughs> because then you will definitely be useless and will definitely get executed. It's okay to give no defense or to give very little defense. Uh, if someone nominates you, you don't have to say everything. Yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of games where someone who's like a Raven Keeper or something just like says that they're the Raven Keeper when they're when they're nominated, even though there's a good chance that people wouldn't have voted for them. And then everyone's just like, oh, OK, well, I guess we might as well now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I think the main takeaway is that the the core strength of the Scarlet Woman is that you can play more aggressively and it just gives you another out so you can kind of take advantage of the the normal townsfolk resources of executions and uh giving information and stuff you can take uh you can take advantage of those in much more aggressive ways yeah exactly i think it's all about the scarlet woman enables the evil team to build trust through executions uh, which is not something the evil team usually has the luxury of doing were there any other um specific interesting plays you wanted to bring attention to or things you've seen in games or anything like that that, that you think have been interesting? I think with the Scarlet Woman, the, the biggest the biggest concern is you really want people to believe that you are not the demon. Mm -hmm. Because even if they believe that you are a minion, that is fine. If they believe you're some general minion, like if they believe you're the Scarlet Woman, you have a problem. But if mm -hmm. they believe that you're like the Baron or some minion, then in the early game, if they find out, they might kill you. But as you grow towards the later game, they're less likely to try to execute a minion because it's not worth it. Yeah. And so if you can convince them even that you're just a minion, then you're in pretty good shape towards the end game. So you want to move on to the second section then? Sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so when you're playing in a game where, well, obviously you're never going to know there's a Scarlet Woman in play uh, with 100% certainty or very rarely you will, <laughs> there are certain things that you can do to prepare yourself for the eventuality that there could be a Scarlet Woman in play. This is the sort of thing that I, I think is one of my weaker points in the game is that I don't necessarily think about how to adjust my play style to account for certain minions uh, and certain demons. Like obviously in the more advanced editions, you kind of have to, like, <laughs> I don't know, like Bad Moon Rising or something. If you don't figure out what demon you have, it can be very difficult to win the game. Um, That's true. But in Trouble Brewing, I feel like I don't necessarily do that as much, but I don't I don't think that's necessarily the right. I think there are definitely things you can do to try to adjust to what minions are in play. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think in Trouble Brewing, the the minions are actually usually pretty obvious once you start looking for the clues. And this also means uh, all the minions except for the Scarlet Woman, which means that often you can deduce the existence of a Scarlet Woman just by process of elimination, right? If, yeah. <laughs> if knights are going relatively quickly, or if there doesn't seem to be enough 
um, evil players, then you probably have a spy. And so you can rule out Scarlet Woman, depending on the number of players. Uh, if you find more outsiders, you have a Baron. Um, if you find that two people got false information at the same time, you probably have a po Poisoner, because the Drunk can't account for that. Um, and if you only if there are supposed to be two minions and you only find one of those signs, then by exclusion, you now have a Scarlet Woman in play, and you can play accordingly. And also, if you're playing in like a really big game with three minions, then you know that just by... Just by the odds, there's a good chance that there's a Scarlet Woman in play at the start. Yeah, that's true. So when there is a Scarlet Woman in play, I think that the biggest thing to watch out for, perhaps, is to look for someone who changes their play style dramatically after you get under that five-player um, threshold. Because if there is a Scarlet Woman who's playing very aggressively and they don't become the demon... Once you get under that, those five players, they might try playing differently to protect the demon, knowing that they don't have the backup plan anymore. It's true. If if you see that someone, uh, for for example, someone was very aggressively executing people, and then suddenly when you get below five players, as you say, they start being hesitant about who to execute yeah. <laughs> or start being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Then <laughs> that's usually a good sign that something is off. The other interesting one uh, that I've put in our notes here is that if you have a good idea that someone could be the Scarlet Woman, whether you get that inf information through Investigator or Ravenkeeper, I'm not really sure of any other ways you could figure that out. Um, uh, well, there's, there's like the Undertaker, um, but it helps you a little bit less. Like if the Undertaker spots the imp. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more of if you know there's a Scarlet Woman and you don't think the imp has died yet. Oh, I see. Sure. Because... In that case, you know who the first priority jump for the imp is if you know who the Scarlet Woman is. So if you look for the signs of the imp passing, then you know who to kill next. That would be in a case where, say, everyone in the town is kind of suspicious of someone, and you somehow know who the Scarlet Woman is, and then the town is very suspicious of someone, and then that player dies in the night, the suspicious player. Typically, the imp wouldn't kill suspicious players, right? Because they're going to soak up executions for the town. So there's a good chance that was just the demon killing themselves to pass to a minion. And if you know who the Scarlet Woman is at that point, then you can just immediately convince, like, you can immediately try to execute the Scarlet Woman, and there's a good chance you'll just win right then. Yeah. I mean, the the I think the other, the other case you run into here is um, you can point the Slayer as at the person you think is the Scarlet Woman, and then say, like, the moment you kill some player that you believe was suspicious that you say, then the Slayer will now execute the person you think is a Scarlet Woman. It's like another good backup plan. Oh, so you mean like... Basically, if you're the investigator, for example, and you yeah. see the Scarlet Woman, then you talk to the Slayer and you tell the Slayer, I know who the Scarlet Woman is, but I don't think you should slay anyone until we think it has jumped to this player. So the Slayer mm -hmm. just sort of hangs back and doesn't use their power until towards the end when at some point you suspect that the demon jumps because either someone who was suspicious dies at night or because you execute someone you were almost sure was the demon. Mm -hmm. Then the next step is for the Slayer to reveal themselves and use their power on the Scarlet Woman just in case it, it did in fact jump. Yeah, that's a good point. And if it doesn't kill the Scarlet Woman, uh, well then I don't really know exactly what to read. Into yeah, that. Exactly. that depends a lot on the game state. Um. <laughs> it's true. I think in general, the one thing I like about the Scarlet Woman is that the easiest well way to tell that the Scarlet Woman is in play 
is that weird stuff happens. Like the Undertaker sees the imp, uh, the Slayer hits someone, but the game continues. Uh, the fortune teller gets a yes where they previously got a no. Like anything where normally people would go, oh, they're just lying or they're drunk or poisoned. It's worth keeping track of these things because these are also signs of a Scarlet Woman. Yeah. Uh, and that actually reminds me of something I meant to bring up in the first section, which is specifically, specifically with a player dying to the Slayer. If there's a Scarlet Woman in the game, it makes a Recluse, I think, a lot more attractive as a bluff for the demon. Oh, because yeah. Typically, it's kind of a risky bluff as Recluse because like, you might get executed or something just in case, or your Slayer might try to target you just in case. But when the demon bluffs as Recluse, it can be very convincing because they'll die and the game continues. And then it just makes that player, the demon, really trustworthy a lot yeah, of the, the time. The other thing that's really neat about that strategy is if people believe you're the recluse, you've now thrown off the outsider count. Yep. And so either people will suspect that there isn't a drunk or they'll start to suspect a baron, both of which are great things for the evil team if that is not actually the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, back to the <laughs> back to what you were saying about uh, the weird things happening in the game. Yeah, so I think with Scarlet Woman, as we talked about a little bit in the previous section, the Scarlet Woman wants to play pretty aggressively, so that's one thing. But they also really want to get themselves confirmed as not the demon. And you can often look for signs of this as well. If someone is really looking for the fortune teller, looking for a slayer, like really trying to basically seem as though they have something to prove that is probably a sign that you shouldn't really be testing them <laughs> because they might just be the Scarlet Woman trying to give themselves a like free pass for later. Yeah, I think that's a good point in general. The more someone wants to be confirmed, the less reason there is to confirm them because the less likely you are to under like get useful information out of that. Yeah, exactly. And I think this is something that uh, you'll spot a bunch in sort of intermediate groups, so groups that have played a decent amount but aren't like super experienced, you'll start to see evil players sort of verifying each other. Like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I was the washerwoman and I saw that Carrie was the <laughs> undertaker because I'm the, the washerwoman and I know these things. And you really need to be careful about trusting only one piece of information because it can so easily be arranged in, uh, by, by the evil team. And especially if you have a demon and a Scarlet Woman, where the Scarlet Woman really wants to set the demon up somehow or set yeah. themselves up somehow. I've seen so many games where um, it kind of like towards the end of the game, it's like, okay, well, either these two players are evil or these two players are evil or these two players are evil. Like it separates itself into, or the players separate themselves into groups like that. Um, and then it's just a matter of like picking which uh, pair to trust. Yep. Yep. No, it's very true. Yeah. And I've, I've seen like uh, there's a game I remember where the demon bluffed as librarian and like walked up to me immediately. I forget exactly what I was, but they were like, hey, are you uh, the saint? And I was like, OK, no. And first, like, you probably shouldn't just be asking that. Right. Because then it <laughs> like if you did get a spy or something like they could be mm. registering a saint. You don't want to give it away to them. But they just came up to me and asked me that. And I was like, well, no. And then I kind of told them, like, whoever your other person is, don't. You might not want to ask them just like that. Uh, and then they went up to their the Scarlet Woman and communicated a bluff to them in that way. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I often see for, for Investigator and Washerwoman and such claims, what I'll often see is 
um, the washerwoman or whatever will walk up to a person and say, are you one of these three roles? That's a really, yeah. I haven't actually seen that done before, but I've heard about that and I've wanted to try it myself because I think it's a pretty, yeah. pretty good Yeah, but the thing is that that's something the Scarlet Woman can do as well, right? But once you start introducing that so because you don't want to out players, it also becomes a strategy that evil can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that way, the Scarlet Woman, for example, if they're if they're trying to, so like we talked about earlier, the Scarlet Woman can call out the imp's bluff if the imp is bluffing as something, and the Scarlet Woman wants to basically prove something by executing them. Then they can claim Washerwoman, and they can do so pretty believably by using this three character trick. Oh yeah, because that way they get to choose later which of those three characters is the one they're going to throw the imp under the bus with. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that, as we talked about, the Scarlet Woman can be a lot more aggressive in a game because they know that they'll save the imp. Um, and this also means that you have to be careful about the, the like, I would know better argument or I supported that vote argument, where a player goes, if I were evil, I wouldn't have done that. Like, <laughs> if I were evil, I wouldn't vote to kill the imp, so therefore I must be good. And the Scarlet Woman will totally make that argument, right? They will try to execute the demon and then try to argue, we found out that was an evil player and I voted for them, so I must be good. And you just cannot trust that argument anymore once you suspect there's a Scarlet Woman in play. Uh, I always find it really funny when people do make that kind of claim uh, because you sort of have to like, um, in order to make that kind of claim, you have to say like, okay, let's imagine that I'm evil and think from the perspective that you are evil which players don't typically do. They typically are like, look, I'm good. So I'm going to explain things as though you also know I'm good because that's the premise I'm starting with. Yeah, it's pretty common. So I think it's also that's also sort of an intermediate level um, play where people start trying to argue things from a more objective, quote unquote, standpoint. I think my favorite of, of that kind of thing, of sort of abusing almost the social dynamic is to be an evil player, make a mistake, and then use the fact that you made a mistake as an argument for why you couldn't be evil. Yeah, if I were evil, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, or or this has happened to me a couple of times where I've played this game a lot, right? And I play as some demon and I make some stupid mistake. Like <laughs> I killed the Raven Keeper who I knew was the Raven Keeper because there was a spy in the game. And then I'll sort of, there'll be some logical reasoning that makes it so that maybe I'm the demon. And my defense will be something like, Okay, you're saying there's a spy in the game and that I am the imp and that I targeted the Raven Keeper at night. Of course <laughs> I didn't do that. And and that's an argument that only works with relatively less experienced players, usually. Uh, but it is a fun kind of argument to make. Like, of course I didn't make that mistake. That would be silly. Yeah, it... it um... It can also kind of go the other way where like if there is someone who's a relatively new player or at least players who think they're a re- like other players think they're a relatively new player. Anytime someone brings up a, stra- a strategy that sounds like far fetched and like it would be difficult for the evil team to pull off those kind of players can be like, yeah, but do you really think I would have thought of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or sometimes you can go the other way saying what just happened was really irrational. So it's probably a new player who's the demon. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else to say about fighting the Scarlet Woman? I think if you're fighting the Scarlet Woman, um, you should just be really careful about trusting any argument about what evil players would and would not do. Whether that's voting for executions, whether that's like 
outing someone else's bluff, whether that's double claiming, uh, whether that's like, there must be a poisoner in the game because otherwise, how do we explain this thing that just happened? You just really need to think about the fact that evil fundamentally plays differently when there's a Scarlet Woman in the game. Mm -hmm. And you can take advantage of that as the good team if you realize that this is the case. All right. So let's move on to the third section of the podcast here, the final section, which is running the Scarlet Woman as storyteller. I think that Scarlet Woman doesn't actually have too many pitfalls necessarily that you can fall into as a storyteller, um, like tricky rulings or things like that. Although I guess there are some weird edge cases with recluse, but I don't even know if it's a good idea to get into those things because perhaps it's better if people <laughs> don't even think of those. Um, <laughs> there are, uh, I, I think if there's one thing I've found doing a bunch of rules debugging for this game, there are weird interactions with almost every character. Yes. <laughs> uh, many of them are not a good idea, but they exist. <laughs> but I do think you're right that the Scarlet Woman is a relatively straightforward minion. Um, it it has implications for how evil plays the game, but it's not. It's relatively safe to just throw it in a game. Um, it it will definitely boost evil. Um, it's a straightforward character for evil, I think. Yeah. Uh, do you, I think I think we should mention uh, the weird recluse stuff up front here, uh, just in case people think about it, so that we can give our opinions on perhaps why it should not be done. Uh, <laughs> sure, we can do that. Do you want to do it, or should I? I would like you to explain it, actually, because there are still a couple things that I'm a little bit unclear about. Like, I've asked you about these things before, and I've participated in discussions about how they should work, quote unquote, should. Um, sure. But I, I, yeah, I honestly don't know exactly how it all works. <laughs> okay, so the there are a couple of things that are weird about interactions between the Scarlet Woman and the Recluse. Um, because the Recluse can register as a demon and can register as a minion. There are two interactions that people bring up, uh, and they have slightly different rulings. So the first one is, if the recluse dies, can they register as an imp when they die, and therefore the Scarlet Woman becomes the imp? And the answer there is yes. When the recluse dies, they can register as the imp, and the Scarlet Woman would then see that the demon died and therefore become the demon. However, you should probably never do this. <laughs> the reason is you would end up with two alive demons that are both evil in trouble brewing and the good team basically has no way to win. Yeah, I there is like maybe the argument that if that happened on like the very first day or something in, in a game with a lot of players, it could be interesting. I think the problem is that the game is just not balanced for that. Yeah. So even yeah. if you had a 15 player game and you had two alive imps from the beginning of the game, Evil would just decimate good. Yes. <laughs> um, the other interactions that people bring up is when the imp dies, can the recluse register as the Scarlet Woman and therefore become the imp when the imp dies? Um, this For this one, the answer is no. And the reason for that is while the recluse can register as the Scarlet Woman, they do not get the Scarlet Woman's ability. And the Scarlet Woman's ability is the thing that enables them to become the imp when the imp dies. This is the same reason why the spy can die from nominating the virgin. But if a good player nominates the spy, even if the spy registers as the virgin, the nominator cannot die because the spy doesn't get the virgin's ability. 
That makes sense. Uh, there's a third interaction with uh, the recluse and the imp, but it's not related to the Scarlet Woman, so we can discuss that at some later time. I think I'm going to be discussing the recluse possibly with a different official storyteller. Uh, so maybe, Ooh, exciting. maybe I can have that discussion with them. <laughs> oh, it's great. It uh, the the very quick summary is there is a way in trouble brewing to end <laughs> up with a good imp. Yes. <laughs> We'll leave that as a puzzle for the listener. Exactly. <laughs> this, this claim is left as an exercise to, or the proof of this claim is left as an exercise to the reader. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, getting back to to setting up the game with the Scarlet Woman, though, as a storyteller, I think the Scarlet Woman is a great minion to throw in if you have a variety of experienced and inexperienced players, because you don't really have control over who the imp is. And the Scarlet Woman is a good way to balance it out, such that if all the evil play or the all the evil players are new players, and all the good players are experienced players, they don't immediately just all die. I think it's also in terms of the minions in Trouble Brewing. Um, it's well, aside from the Baron who doesn't have an ability to play with, it's the easiest one for players to understand how to play because as Poisoner, you have to kind of know enough about the game to pick good poison targets and as the spy you have to be able to make sense of everything in the grimoire but with scarlet woman you're just kind of doing what most new players i think do kind of by default which is just trying to stay alive and not be suspicious so i think i think there's a there's a grain of truth to that that the scarlet woman is relatively easy to play at the same time i think the scarlet woman is only only truly shows how powerful it is when you play it actively, like we've discussed earlier in in this episode. Yeah, I think that there's um, it's easy to understand and won't be like intimidating to new players. Um, yep. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy for them to play it well. But if you're in a game with a lot of new players, the other players likely won't be using their abilities that well either. So. Yeah, exactly. And you can also think about it this way, that even if you're not playing it well, you might still catch an imp death. Yeah. And so that that's still good. It's more that you probably won't play it very strategically. But then again, that's fine. Like the, this game is built, especially Trouble Brewing, is built to be very forgiving. So for basically every ability, you can play it actively, you can play it passively, and it will still roughly balance itself out. You've put together a huge list of interesting interactions here with different characters in the Scarlet Woman. And I was just thinking you could go through those and I'll comment on them when I have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we can do that. So the Scarlet Woman um, has interesting interactions with a bunch of characters, but the interactions are interesting because they change how you play as evil more so than because there's a particular interaction with that character. Mm -hmm. So, for example, the, the first one I raised was the investigator, um, where the investigator is a really interesting bluff for the Scarlet Woman, because if you bluff as the investigator, then you can then claim that you are the investigator and point to the demon as a minion in order to try to get them executed. So that builds some like good creds for the Scarlet Woman, but also... Uh, but also lets them make the good team think that they have killed a minion. And you can choose which minion that is. But of course, this bluff, if you want to set up for it as a storyteller, you need to not put the investigator in the game. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing with evil players and setting up um, like bluffs and stuff is that 
it's more about what you don't put in the game than what you do. <laughs> exactly. You want to you want to make characters available to evil as a bluff. In this case, you can also show the demon investigator as one of their bluffs in the hopes that the demon will communicate that on to the Scarlet Woman. Mm -hmm. The fortune teller is another interesting interaction that we talked about a little bit before where the Scarlet Woman really wants to be checked by the fortune teller because that way the fortune teller might get a negative read on them early on. You can also use this as the storyteller to like, well, you can try to use some meta reasoning here of who is the fortune teller likely to choose. Sort of empirically, the fortune teller will choose either the people to their side or the people directly opposed to them in the circle. Um, and so you can try to place the red herring so that it's unlikely they'll get a yes for the Scarlet Woman, but that becomes sort of much deeper <laughs> storytelling that is probably not worthwhile doing unless you're playing with a group you know very well. Yeah, I think there's also the uh, with with a drunk or poisoned fortune teller, you can kind of strategically give misinformation to them in a way that helps them still if you think that the evil team is like dominating the game. For instance, making the Scarlet Woman register as a demon to the fortune teller, even though they're not, which you would probably only want to do if you have a good reason to be trying to help the good team at that point. Yeah, it's true. I mean, in general, if you're drunk or poisoned, it should be to the detriment of the of that player's team. Yeah. Um, but I think in some cases, if you find that good is really struggling, you can do something like that. But you just have to be careful about um, keeping in mind what the players know about the game. So often what I will do for the fortune teller, especially in a Scarlet Woman game, is I will mark down every player they've checked. So I'll use little reminder tokens, just, just these like extra small dots um, to place at every character they've checked because that way it's easier to give them misinformation later in the game that helps one team or the other. Oh, so sort of like just keeping track of who they've checked already so that you know um, what kind of narrative you can craft by the other information you give them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think another interesting interaction is with the Undertaker. So when the Scarlet Woman is in play, it's one of the few times that the Undertaker can see the imp as dead, even though they're not malfunctioning. Right. So for example, if the either if the imp kills themselves, uh, well, if they kill themselves at night, the Undertaker won't see. But if the town executes. Uh, a player and the Undertaker then sees Imp, it means one of a few things. Either they executed the Recluse, which will the, they will generally know because the Recluse will come out, um, or they executed the Demon and there's a Scarlet Woman in play, or the Undertaker is poisoned or drunk. And this is what we talked a little bit about earlier of fighting the Scarlet Woman. If you see something like this happen, don't immediately assume that it was drunk or poisoned. Because the Scarlet Woman is a very real possibility in that kind of game. Yeah, I think in Trouble Brewing especially, there's kind of the... Um, it's almost like the thing you say after everything else you say is, unless I'm drunk or poisoned. But what a lot of people don't consider is that you might also have to say, unless I'm drunk or poisoned or there's a Scarlet Woman. <laughs> yeah, and I think this is um, a piece of criticism that uh, new players have of Trouble Brewing sometimes. Um is that, oh, it's impossible to know anything because people are drunk or poisoned all the time. And like anything, you can just say, oh, I might have malfunctioned. But that's not really true. There's a lot of value for the good team in sitting down to try to figure out who is drunk and who was poisoned and what night. 
Because if you can do that, you can figure out that the Undertaker couldn't have been poisoned that night. And we know that so-and-so is drunk. Therefore, there must be a Scarlet Woman. I think another interesting interaction uh, with a Scarlet Woman is the monk. So normally, the imp, um, as we talked about, can kill themselves and it will jump to the Scarlet Woman. Uh, and it might be nice for the imp to know that they can direct that jump. For example, you might want to keep the poisoner in the game or keep the spy in the game. And if you kill yourself with the imp, you're taking away, like the storyteller chooses which minion ability goes away. If there's a Scarlet Woman in the play, uh, then the imp knows who they're going to jump to. And it's going to be someone that otherwise isn't useful with their ability. Mm -hmm. But the monk can sort of preempt this. The monk can protect the person that they think is the imp so that the imp can't pass to a minion. This applies even when the Scarlet Woman is not in play. But if you see there's a lot of heat on a player and you've noticed signs of a Scarlet Woman, the monk might actually want to protect them to prevent that jump from happening. It could it could be kind of interesting to, like what we talked about earlier, where if there's a player who seems like they're probably going to get executed the next day, it could be an interesting play to protect them as monk to keep them in Absolutely. the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is... Uh, only somewhat related to the Scarlet Woman, right? Because the monk can use this strategy even if there's no Scarlet Woman in play. Mm. Um, but it's potentially more powerful uh, if there's a Scarlet Woman in play because you can prevent them from jumping to a known player. And they're a little yeah. bit more likely to jump if they know they're not removing a minion ability. I think another another interaction that's kind of neat is with the Ravenkeeper because it can be really hard to tell whether a Scarlet Woman jump has happened or not. But the Ravenkeeper can be a good way for the good team to test whether that happened. So for example, um, they can test a suspicious player that was killed, choose that player to see whether they were really the imp. Or they can do this later on in the game. They can target someone that was believed to be the Scarlet Woman early in the game to see whether they have become the imp yet. Interesting. And that would also, of course, give you a Scarlet Woman if they're not the imp yet which is still very valuable information. Exactly. It's really good information either way. Um, I think the the Virgin is a, another thing that comes in in an interesting way when you have the Scarlet Woman because the Virgin, when the Virgin is in play, the demon might nominate the Virgin on purpose because they know it's fine for them to get executed when they don't die to the Virgin because mm -hmm. the Scarlet Woman is in play. But now they've taken away the Virgin's power. Normally, minions minions will jump on this opportunity, right? If someone comes out as a virgin, as a minion, you might jump on nominating them so that you get rid of their power, so good can't confirm anything that way. But doing so, you're probably going to get executed, so your power is going to go away. If there's yeah. a Scarlet Woman in the game, it costs the demon very little to do this and make everyone think that they are some other minion. That one, I think, is a little bit more situationally useful because... It kind of makes it so that the demon is just like any other minion, and it makes it so that, um, like, I, I don't know that there's too much more reason for the demon specifically to jump on the virgin claim than any other minion. Well, the the thing is, the other minions, if they do and get executed, their power goes away. Whereas if the demon gets executed, their power does not go away when there's a Scarlet Woman in play. Right. The Slayer is fun. This is sort of obvious, um, right? So when you have a Scarlet Woman in play, the Slayer might kill a player and then 
the Scarlet Woman becomes the imp, so the game continues. And this is always good fun. Um, as you mentioned before, the rec- this makes the recluse a really good bluff for the demon in Scarlet Woman games because they can claim that they were the recluse, throw off the offsider account, the, the, the outsider account, and then just say, yeah, I died because I was the recluse. And then the town will be none the wiser. The danger of that is that it does confirm the Slayer. But hopefully that won't be too big of a deal. It depends on how late in the game it happens. It's true. I mean, at the same time, the Slayer has now used their power. Um, so they're they're confirmed, but I mean, I guess they become a little bit like a confirmed virgin at that point. They don't really have a power, but they're a known good player. Yeah, which is always pretty helpful for the good team. It's true. There's also the 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 second opportunity with the Slayer is that if the Slayer targets the Scarlet Woman before they become the demon, then the Scarlet Woman might now be um, sort of assumed not to be the demon, which is a great position for them to be in. And as the Scarlet Woman, you can imagine that they might even act sketchy just so that the Slayer will target them, at least early game. Uh, Slayer is also a really interesting bluff for Scarlet Woman because uh, then you can like try to slay the demon or just slay someone else. And then when it fails, uh, you know, like, or a good bluff for the demon when there is a Scarlet Woman. Because often when the Slayer ability fails, it makes the person who used it a little bit suspicious. Yeah, I think this gets back to how we talked about the Scarlet Woman changing the playstyle for evil, where the demon can now pick up riskier bluffs that have like a higher payoff to risk ratio um, because it's fine if they get executed. I think the the mayor is another somewhat interesting interaction with the Scarlet Woman where um, now you can make the imp bounce off the mayor and kill themselves in order to make the Scarlet Woman the imp. Now, this is pretty mean in a non-Scarlet Woman game because you're going to be taking away a minion power. Mm -hmm. Whereas in a Scarlet Woman game, you're sort of taking away a minion power, but you're not taking away the demon power. So you might even use this to balance the game. So for example, if evil, you can tell this good is right on the heels of evil and might kill the demon tomorrow, (laughs) you might want to force this jump to happen because you know that the Scarlet Woman is sitting with a better bluff. Yeah. But it's it's definitely a um, fairly involved storyteller move. So you might not want to do it. It might feel too much like tipping the scales. I think that's always a thing to watch out for as the storyteller. It also depends a lot on your group. Like I've had certain some players who are a lot happier for the storyteller to have direct control over the game than others. Um, I've had some players who think the storyteller has far too much control. And well, I try to convince them otherwise, because if you mm. when you play as the storyteller, a lot of the time I think people realize that, oh, I don't actually have as much control as I thought I did over this game. I mean, this this gets back to our conversation uh, a little bit ago about how you really want to account for all the drunken poison because it's not as though it's arbitrary. Yeah. And speaking of, like, uh, we talked about how the Scarlet Woman could cause weird things to happen in the game, even when there isn't a drunk or poisoner in the game. This is a good reason to add the drunk to Scarlet Woman games because now more weird things can happen. <laughs> right? So now for you can even have the demon now claim drunk. And then people will be like, oh, we'll just kill them because they're obviously drunk and their information is useless. And it's fine because there's Scarlet Woman in, in the game. Yeah. I think also you got back to or you mentioned you mentioned this um Scarlet Woman and Saint claim, um, which is really interesting as a claim. Because this might let 
even if there's no double claim, it will let the demon live for a while because the town will be hesitant to execute someone who claims the saint. So they might only execute them relatively late. And so hopefully that'll be close to like five to six players alive, which would move to uh, move the demon to the Scarlet Woman. So here it's really all about pushing the demon and the Scarlet Woman towards the end game. So you can do the swap as late as possible. That's a good point. The Saint is a really good, like, it's a really interesting demon bluff in general because it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to get executed because often it makes it so that you're more likely to get executed. It just kind of creates a binary state for whoever claims st- saint um, yeah. where there's less room for it's like people will often assume, well, no matter what happens when we execute you, the game's going to end. So <laughs> they're always going to be a little bit more trepidatious. Yeah. But in a Scarlet woman game, that's no longer the case, which is yeah. a great thing for evil to set up. Yeah, so I, I think another cool play you can do with the Scarlet Woman in the game, it requires a little bit of coordination and a little bit of luck, is if you have a Poisoner in the game, um, the Poisoner can poison the Undertaker or the Fortune Teller to try to back up the fact that the Scarlet Woman either isn't the demon after they become the demon, or that the demon hasn't died yet. And that really strengthens the Scarlet Woman in such a game. But it's... It, it's pretty tricky. It might even require a spy for you to figure out um, basically the timing of it, but it's a really cool move when it works out. There's also what we mentioned earlier with the poisoner, which is that the poisoner can disable the Scarlet Woman's ability and allow the imp to jump one extra or one extra time before hitting the Scarlet Woman. It's true. You got to be careful with that though, because if you get really unlucky, they then execute the imp the next day. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) I think also the the spy goes really well with the Scarlet Woman just because the spy can give out good bluffs. And so they can really figure out what is the best pair of bluffs for the demon and the Scarlet Woman in this game Mm -hmm. in such a way that they both survive for a long time or so that the demon gets to spread a bunch of misinformation before, before jumping. And so that's also a cool pairing. Yeah, the spy could help like... um... Like they would know, for instance, if the investigator saw the Scarlet Woman, which would mean that you'd have to be like a lot more careful of Scarlet Woman. I think if the investigator sees that you're in the game, uh, it really takes away a lot of your ability to make these aggressive plays and having a spy there to tell you that would be a very good thing. Yeah, exactly. Or they will tell you whether there's a fortune teller in the game or whether the fortune teller is like drunk. And so it creates a lot more opportunity for the Scarlet Woman to take advantage of the the way in which they change the game. Uh, Do you think there are any character interactions with the Scarlet Woman that could really make the game a lot worse other than the recluse one we already talked about? I think it's pretty rare in Trouble Brewing for there to be combinations that are like unfun or broken um, mm-hmm. because I, I think this is a, essentially a goal of of Stevens is to make sure that that's not the case. I think the biggest one there is um, the Scarlet Woman with a Slayer in a game with new players can be a little bit unfortunate. Um, new players tend to not know the rules super well um, and they've been told that the demon, when the demon dies, then good wins. And they sort of read the Slayer and they see, oh, like the demon just died. Why isn't the game over? And usually they can figure out what happened or if there's an experienced player that points it out to them. But it can get pretty confusing 
trying to explain what happened when when both of those characters are in the game. Yeah, when when that happens, I usually take over for a second and just explain the possibility space. Obviously, I don't tell them exactly what happened. Um, I was running a game with some new players recently where actually we had two games in the same like span of, I think we played like five games or something. Uh, they got really into it. It was really nice. Um, but, oh, that's cool. But in two of the games, actually, the Slayer killed the demon while there was a Scarlet Woman in the game. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I hadn't seen it happen before until then, but then it happened twice. So... <laughs> Um, and the first time it happened, I basically just stepped in and I was like, okay, just to explain everything that happened, like, yes, this hundred percent confirms that that player is the slayer. Um, and either they just killed the recluse or they actually killed the imp and there's a scarlet woman in play. I basically just directed yeah. them to the possibilities. Cause otherwise, you know, it, like you don't want the players to be just confused and not having a good time where rather than playing the game, they're just trying to figure out the rules to the game. Yeah, exactly. And I think a, a similar thing can happen with The Undertaker, where a new player is The Undertaker and sees the imp token and is very confused. Yes. <laughs> um, apart from that, I can't really think of anything where the, the that the Scarlet Woman, any character that the Scarlet Woman goes poorly with. Um, there, there are certainly some characters where there isn't really an interaction like, for example, the chef doesn't really have an interaction with the Scarlet Woman um, mm -hmm. because they detect any evil. It doesn't matter whether they're a minion or demon. Um, same with Empath. Like, the Empath um, won't really be able to distinguish between a Scarlet Woman who is not the demon and one that becomes the demon. I suppose the chef could have some interactions, like, as knock-on effects with other ones. Like, say, the Undertaker does see that the Emp has been executed and the chef learned that there was a pair. Well, that really narrows things down a lot. Um, yeah, but it doesn't really interact with the Scarlet Woman, though. That's right? true. Because the Scarlet Woman is evil regardless. Um, yeah, so I guess if any evil player were executed, the chef would already have a have another point to like. Right. You know, there's and then the same thing with Empath, where if the demon dies and the Scarlet Woman becomes the imp, then nothing is really changed as far as the Empath is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, there, there is a somewhat interesting interaction with the butler, potentially, where the butler... Uh, chooses the Scarlet Woman as their master sort of randomly. Um, and the Scarlet Woman is just letting them vote and letting everything proceed as normal. And then when the Scarlet Woman becomes the demon, then the, they've already established some trust with the butler. So the butler keeps choosing them. And then the Scarlet Woman basically stops letting them vote for evil players. Yeah. Um, but, th but that requires a... a it requires a little bit of finicky play on evil side um, because you need to establish the trust with the butler first. Um, but it can be really handy to be able to prevent a good player from voting for evil late game. All right. Well, I think that about covers it then for our discussion of the Scarlet Woman. There's certainly a lot to dig into here. Yeah, I think that's the case for for many of the minions in Trouble Brewing. There, there are like multiple layers of strategy that you can play with them. And I think the wiki does a pretty good job of, of at least touching on some of them. And we've touched on a bunch more here. All right. So thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to listening to all the episodes about all the characters. All right. <laughs> well, with that, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Oh, I guess I should say now. This is the first episode I'm recording after actually figuring out what my upload schedule is going to be. So uh, I'm going to be uploading these things every other Monday. Now I can say that. And now you know, in case you haven't figured that out by now, listeners. Um, 
So thanks for listening, and you'll hear me in two Mondays. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I will put it in my schedule. All right. <laughs> Talk to you later, John. All right. Bye, Andrew.